Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. Happy 2024. I cannot believe that we are already celebrating a new year. I know a lot of people say the saying, days are long and years are short, but I just feel like in the season of life we're in at the Oja house, days are short and years are shorter. Uh, we just want time to slow down. And uh, I just can't believe that we have a three-year-old and an almost two-year-old. Uh, but I'm so excited to be on another season of the Little Bye Podcast. I absolutely love recording these episodes and meeting with different uh, wellness professionals. And this season, we're going to be really talking about longevity, health optimization, of course, but we're going to put a large emphasis on mental health. There has been such a shift. And you know, I think a lot of people would argue this really started during the pandemic, but we've just seen this patient after patient where physically we get their labs looking better. Maybe their nutrients are up, their inflammation is coming down, but they're still not feeling optimal. Or maybe they're not seeing weight loss, or they're still not sleeping any better, or their energy isn't any better. And there is really such a connection between our physical health and our mental health. And we're going to be diving into that through this season. But we are going to be starting this first episode with Dr. Sarah Druckmann, who is a doctor of chiropractic care. And she's been practicing for nearly a decade and is the founder of the Alfreda Wellness Collective, which is a holistic wellness practice in downtown Alfreda. So if you guys live close to Alpharetta, Georgia, if you come to our Roswell office, make sure that you pop in and see her. Say hello. She'd love to meet you. She is a yoga teacher, a life coach, a functional medicine practitioner, a human and animal chiropractor, and an avid equestrian. And she is truly a jack of all trades. After we recorded this episode, she left to go adjust a dog. And earlier that day, she had adjusted a horse and then people in between. And uh, she just comes with a really, really unique background. She's a female entrepreneur and a medical professional who's experienced repeated bouts of burnout while building and running her practice. This really inspired her to combine over 20 years of wellness knowledge and experience into a signature course and coaching on reducing stress and burnout in order to help others that are on a similar journey. Uh, to what she has faced. So we're going to be talking about how she structures her morning. We're going to be talking about some simple things we can do to prevent burnout. And she's going to be touching on her course that she's launching in February called Burnout to Bliss. So check out our show notes if you want to learn more about that. Uh, and welcome to the newest season of the Little Bye Podcast. So happy to have you here. And as always, reach out if you ever need anything. And uh, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did. Welcome to the Little Bye Podcast. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We're in our Roswell office together, and a lot of times I do these podcasts virtually, and they're just, they're so nice to be in person. 
Agreed, 100%. We can look each other in the eye and have a deep, meaningful conversation with all our listeners. So thank you for having me here. Well, and today I'm really excited. This whole season, really, we're going to be weaving in a lot of mental health. We're having a lot of different specialists. um, But we really wanted to talk about today about the mind-body connection. And I wanted Dr. Druckmann to tell us what kind of got you into the mind-body connection and how do you see this presented with your clients? So I'm a chiropractor by trade, first and foremost, and I also have functional medicine education. I've become a yoga teacher. I'm a life coach. So you can adjust somebody's back all day, every day. And if they are stressed out and burnout and not taking care of their mental health and emotional health, you will see the same subluxations and myofascial restrictions in the body over and over and over again. And you can't really make that much progress on the physical body if you're not working on the emotional and mental state of your clients as well. So that really, really got me into it as a doctor. And personally, um, I've experienced burnout uh, running a business and going through life. We just it, There's a lot of stress in that. So personally, I also have dove way, way into the mind-body connection and the mental health and the spiritual realm and how I can improve and grow myself every day as well. It really is like always learning, right? We're always, I feel like I learn so much for myself to also help my patients. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you have to convince your patients that this is a connection or do they come in seeking this like, hey, I know I'm here for my like physical, but I'm also here to talk to you about my mental or do you have to kind of over time build that rapport and convince patients? I feel like I'm a little bit of a hairdresser. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Everyone my whole life always comes to me and tells me everything. And I think that's just part of my being and my essence. So no, I don't feel like I have to convince them necessarily. And I track that. But someone has to be ready to make the changes and dive into it and really go down that rabbit hole. So I I love talking about, about it with them. And I love being there for them. And I love providing that. But of course, they've got to make the next steps and to really make the changes that need to happen. Yes. And do you feel like there's like one area you see over and over again, like it's really, it's sleep or hydration or mindfulness, just the mindset shift. Like, is there things that you feel like you repeat over and over again? Yes and yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I mean, most of our society, they're not sleeping well. They're not drinking enough water. They're not prioritizing themselves and their own mental health before they go out in the day and give to everybody else. Um, they're not breathing right. They're not eating right. It's it's the same things that you probably see in your practice every day that are just, it's, I, I think people just aren't conscious of it and they're not necessarily aware of it until they have been exposed and then they start to incorporate it into their lives. And I think part of it is people don't think one little change in one of those areas will actually make a difference in how they feel. That's what I find a lot is, well, will five minutes of breathing in the morning actually impact my health? And that's what this podcast is all about is little by little, little becomes a lot. And my argument is like, absolutely, when we can ground ourselves, when we can pay attention to our breath, when we have the ability to calm our nervous system and tap into that parasympathetic state, 
it has such a domino effect. And I think that's for myself too. Like I always talk about when I first opened stat, I was like, if I can't go to the gym for 45 minutes, like why work out? Like I said that like all the time. And I, and I looked at my life and I was like, man, I am working so much and I'm not exercising. And I own a functional medicine and movement practice. And I was like, this seems bizarre. And I realized you guys have heard me talk about this thousands of times, but I had to change what it looked like and understand that 12 minutes of strength training is better than nothing and believe, you know, that belief system. And that's something I've really been exploring with my patients. And I'm really interested to hear your thoughts too, is as individuals, as patients, as people, like we have to want to make the change and we have to believe that the lifestyle things make a difference in our health to want to keep showing up you know? And so a thing that I'm really looking at as a practice is like, how do we really start changing our belief systems? And, uh, cause our body feels what our mind thinks, right? So if 100%. we, I mean, this is the placebo effect. Yep. You can take a pill, like, is the pill really making a difference? Do you believe it's going to make a difference or not? It's interesting, right? It's biology of belief, Bruce Lipton, like how it's, our thoughts are more, more potent than anything else really. And if you can, our, our fascia, which is a connective tissue within our body actually stores emotions and thoughts. So there's this complete system interconnectedness and you can't separate one system from another, which is what, you know, functional medicine all, is all about, but the mind is the most powerful part of it all. Exactly. So all, in chiropractic, we say thoughts, traumas, and toxins, oh, the, the three, three T's. T's, right? So we talk so much about cleaning up your diet, drinking water, um, the toxins that you're putting into your body, but what are the thoughts that you're putting into your body? What are the thoughts that are going into your body all day, every day? Yeah. Um, I think one of the, I've fallen into the rabbit hole too, of, um, not prior to prioritizing my own health, being a chiropractor, working on the nervous system, working with functional medicine as well. Sometimes life gets busy and caught up with me in a way I did, never expected. Really, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this all caught up. <laughs> <laughs> it will we've got to point, right? We've got to make some big changes here. Um, but it is, the, it is those little steps. It's the little habits that you make that you do every day and the habit stacking. How, like I love, I have an infrared sauna with red light at my house. It's my favorite thing ever. A lot of times when I sit in the sauna, I meditate, I might read a book, I might even do a social media post and, but it's, it's the habit. It's like, I can, I can accomplish 10 things in that sauna before I even start my day. You so know, I have a sauna too, and I'm obsessed. So I want to know which infrared do you have? Can you share? I have a Therasage portable infrared sauna at my house. Cool. So in my, in my practice, I have a you know, nice big wooden one. But at my home, I have a little portable one and I sit on the floor and they're super affordable. It's so easy. Um, when I build a house in the future, I'll get, you know, a big, huge Cadillac yeah. of, of saunas. But right now I absolutely love that sauna. I sell them. I'm a distributor. Um, I have a ton of patients have bought those. And if it's, you know, if the price point or not having the space is, in your way of potentially buying a sauna, I 100% recommend these. They're grounded. They have a little grounding mat, a bamboo grounding mat that your feet That's go awesome. on. So they're, they're so accessible. That's what I love about it. Do you get that good sweat? Oh, big time. Okay. Especially I crank it up all the way. I think it's 170 maybe. 
and I'm only five foot tall. I'm little. So it comes with a bamboo chair. Your head can actually be out of the sauna, which some people like because then their hair doesn't get sweaty and they can read a book and do whatever they need to do and not be in the sauna. But I actually sit on the floor of the sauna and it gets, it gets hot super fast because it's so small and I always get a really good sweat. Yep. I, that is like my me time. That is like my thing. I just, I love sweating in the infrared sauna and then I get in my steam shower with essential oils at the bottom. And that is just so grounding. To I me. love that. So I love that you infrared sauna too. So I like to get into my shower cold. No, don't, I'm like, no, <laughs> I know. I know. I and should. Then, and then I crank it up with the essential oils, but I, I try to really challenge myself and do at least, you know, two, three, four minutes with it cold oh, before I, I have I the, hot sh- the hot the sh- hot shower. <laughs> Next time we talk, that's going to be my goal. I've done like, you know, a quick 15 second, but I love being hot. And this Me is probably too. a sign that I need the cold. I've made peace with cold because I, well, I'm from Michigan and the Arctic basically. And I've been cold my entire life. I have a little bit of a thug, a thuggish. I have a little <laughs> bit of a thuggish. Yes, I have a little bit of a thuggish thyroid. Thyroid. Yeah, sluggish thyroid. But I do not like the cold at all. The cold gets in my body and it stays. But I have absolutely trained myself, like over the last couple of years, with doing some cold therapy. I have I have made friends with the cold. Well, it's good for us. It is very good for us. It's, I mean, having the hot, the cold, and being able to reestablish that balance and get your core temperature to stay stable in these, you know, more stressful environments. Um, I love that. And vagal nerve, right? Like we're talking about the vagus nerve and stimulating the vagus. Um, Cold water on the throat, on the face, on top. If I'm washing my hair, getting it on my head, that cold water is such a great little thing to add in. So I have a question for you with that. Do you, would you do that at any time of day or would you do more of like the cold in the morning? I tend to do it. I tend to do it when I get out of the sauna and I love the sauna in the morning. Okay. I just, it's like my morning routine. I know a lot of people that use it in the evening because it allows them to get a really good night's sleep and a good night's rest. And I always sleep so good after I've done the sauna at night. Um, but I really love the sauna is my morning routine. So therefore the cold shower tends to come afterward. Yep. Cause I, I know feel a like lot if of- I'm doing it at all, I'm winning. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I know there's science behind, you know, yeah. your hormones and different times of the day where it can be better, but I absolutely think I'm, I'm like, if I, if I get in the cold water, I've, I'm, I've done a great job. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I feel a lot of my patients that have a hard time waking up in the morning, oh. they get that little cortisol rise from the cold water yeah. and it really helps wake them up for the day. So I love that you do it in the morning. I feel like for me, I'm like ready to get in my warm pajamas and I'm like, I should do the cold, but I just like, I'm a knight. I get the I'm girls to I'm going to challenge bed. you. I know you are, you are, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to come in and find peace with the cold. Um, the other thing that we were talking about that I think is a really, I had an episode on the little by talking all about becoming the CEO of your life. Mm. And you and I, prior to starting to record, kind of got into this a bit of, you know, the importance of knowing who we are, like our core values, our vision. And so can, can you elaborate on that? I actually recorded an episode. I'm creating my first course ever. And I was recording the first episode yesterday. And the most important thing that I'm starting everything off is determining your values. Because I feel like a lot of us go through our lives, myself included, up into a certain point, um, not consciously living or ch- 
understanding what drives us and what our values are and why we are doing what we're doing. Like, I feel like we, we haven't, we have an idea, but have we ever actually sat down and done that work? Um, I hadn't until a couple of years ago. And I think it's so important to consciously sit down pen and paper and create your life Mm -hmm. and be the CEO, understand your values, understand your goals, right? We all set goals. It's almost the new year. We're going to have maybe resolutions and goals, but smart goals. How do we actually achieve those goals? Um, And yesterday I got really clear with, with people on values and the importance of understanding your values and understanding your why, your mission statement. And I don't care if you are a stay-at-home mom, if you're a CEO, if you are in college, you know, wherever you are in your life, and this is going to change, it's going to evolve in each season, but understanding exactly what drives you, who you are, what your why is, that's going to help to reduce stress and burnout and allow you to make conscious decisions, say yes to what's important, say no to what is not important, so that way you can live in your highest alignment and highest self. And I think I kind of think about it from a business perspective too. Like if you hired someone and they didn't align with your core values as a company, correct? you know, that person wouldn't be a right fit. Correct. But if we're doing things with our life that don't align with our core values, it's not a good fit. And I think there is, there's so much value in that. And even kind of checking in with yourself. Like I look at it about where I'm spending time. Like, obviously that's a huge thing mm-hmm. um, that you were mentioning, but it's like, okay, if one of my core values is family time, but then I'm never at home with my kids. Like, You're not in alignment. Right? You're I'm not, not in alignment. alignment. And also I, the values can change based on, this is something I'm working on currently. Values can change with, with different roles that we play in our life, right? You're a CEO of a company. You're a doctor. You're a mother. You're a wife. So we, we're going to have different values within each of these different roles that we play in our lives. But how can we make ourselves more congruent in all of these roles? How can we make our values more congruent across the board to have a greater sense of wholeness so we're showing up more consistently and more congruently in all of these areas? That's what I'm working on. Because sometimes I feel like who I show up as a daughter is not who I show up as a doctor. Yes. It's not who I, I show up as as a business owner. But I would like to show up this a little bit better in each place at every given time. So I'm a little more congruent and a little more aligned because I'm getting, becoming very sensitive to when I feel like I'm out of alignment with my values and my, my highest self. Yes. I always think about, and I don't know if you can imagine just like a bunch of gears and like the different either core values or areas of your life. And I find it's so easy for one of those gears to get turned all the way up and the other ones to just get turned down. And for us not to even notice, you know, because we don't pay attention where I try to think of like, how do I keep these gears in balance? And to me, that's like a visual that just makes so much sense that I'm constantly evaluating my life as like, okay, I'm really turned up here and I'm turned down here. I need to start making some changes to find balance. And I think it's so easy to get them out of balance. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I think it happens during seasons. But I think the hard part is not being aware of it and making the changes to find that alignment again. And I go back to in all areas, like how do you feel about your thyroid? How do you feel about your adrenals? How is your gut functioning? 
number one is like paying attention, right? Like I can't tell you how many times I meet with someone and they're like, oh yeah, thanks for asking me. I haven't even paid attention to how my gut's been doing. And I'm like, well, we need to pay attention and be aware, right? And that's where like a lot of the visualizations and writing down core values and comparing like my day to day, I like to write down like how I'm spending my time is in an alignment with my core values and how are my gears doing is one turned up and one turned down and how can I tweak them? But you have to have those thoughts because it can so quickly get out of alignment and then our physical body starts to suffer and feel it right? And then we're seeking what supplement can we take and what pill can we take and what medication is out there? And, you know, sometimes those are important and we prescribe supplements, of course, but let's go back to, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How are your core values? Like when did everything feel like it got out of alignment? When did you start feeling exhausted? Well, and those are the right questions to ask as a doctor, but also to yourself, right? It's, and that's why we, I have a spiritual coach. I have my team of doctors, I, I, it's constantly, I love that visual of the gears because it is easy to, it's so easy to turn one up and turn one down. And, but the more you do the work, the more you learn, the more you have the right support and the right team, the, the better you're able to check in with yeah. those gears. For me, journaling, journaling is like writing things out of getting them out of my brain on paper is one of the most profound things. Just If I don't journal, I I get busy and then I don't journal. And when I'm busy is when I need to journal the most, right? It's like, oh my goodness, this is one of the most helpful things for me to organize, to to see, because I'm a visual person. I I need to see things. I can think my thoughts. I can feel my thoughts. My thoughts can affect my physiology. They can affect my my brain that can affect my staff. They're running, they're going. I have a million, we have so many thoughts, right? But if I get those thoughts out on paper and I can see them, they're just thought, they're just words. Then they're just words. Right. <laughs> right. So do you, cause you were big on habit stacking. So am I like, when do you journal? Is this like in the morning when you do the sauna and the cold shower, it's like you have a whole morning ritual. Yeah. So I, um, I, I, I'm trying to spend two hours in the morning. I've been assigned five to 7 a.m. Yes. So to, and I was just assigned putting it onto my calendar because my coach said, what's, wh- what about your self-care? Where's that on your calendar? I said, well, it's not on my calendar, but I know I have to do it and I love doing it, but it's literally on my calendar now, blocked out every day five to seven. This is when I love to do, and like I do 45 minutes in the sauna. Yep. Sauna, I'll do some breath work. I'll do meditation. I may read a little business books, novels, fiction, anything. I love to read. So I spend about 45 minutes in the sauna. I am dripping sweat. It's bad. I do legs up the wall. So talk about like habit stacking. I've got my legs up the wall. So my lymph is coming back to my heart. We're doing all the things in the sauna. I do a little meditation. Then I'll do a cold shower, you know, get the vagus nerve stimulated, wake up. Um, then after that, I love to have coffee. Sometimes I do cacao if I'm being real good. I love yeah. cacao, but I do collagen in it. Um, I like to fluff it up and make it medicinal mushrooms. I like to make it more of a supplement than an actual coffee, but I love that ritual of the hot beverage. Mm-hmm. I'll journal. I sit and write, I journal, I 
practice gratitude. Gratitude is a big one. I always write about what I'm grateful for. Uh, I have a friend, I'm super proud of her. She has, for over a year, every single night, she has a gratitude journal. And this is in my course. I think this is, when I learned this, I was like, wow, that is so important. With gratitude, a lot of us are like, I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my house, right? We always write about like these kind of blanket statements, but it's actually solidifies it in your brain and in your nervous system when you specifically say, I am grateful for my dog laying on my lap today. I am grateful for the family dinner that I had with my children tonight. So when you act, you're reliving it twice in your brain and in your memory and in your nervous system when you are very specific about an event that happened that day with gratitude. So I thought that was so cool. When I, I learned that. that, I was like, I've been I've been grateful wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to be grateful better. <laughs> I love the act of doing it every day because like if you're doing it at night right before you go to bed, like you're going you're ending your day with something positive. Yeah. Or even in the morning, you're starting your day with a positive outlook. Absolutely. And you know, I, what is the, I can't remember the statistic and you might remember it, but like how long we'll hold on to a negative thought versus a positive. Ooh, I do not know that, but um, I'd love to know that. There is this, like, if somebody says something to you yeah. that is hurtful, yeah. you're going to remember the hurt way longer than if someone's like, Hey, I love your earrings. I know exactly what you're talking about that. I know yes. that stat, but I don't know. I don't remember specifics. what it is, but I think that's why like you have to work harder to practice gratitude because our physiology and our mind, like we're more impacted by the negative. It's well, it comes down to survivalism, right? right? And how we were programmed when we were cavemen and we were just trying to survive. Yes. Yes. So our, and our body, unfortunately has not evolved to recognize the difference between, you know, sitting in Atlanta traffic or getting a email from your boss versus running from a lion, our body literally responds in the exact same way. Isn't and that wild? It is crazy. It it's is. crazy. So that negativity is just, it's the amygdala, it's the fight or flight, fight or flight, survival. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. So I love, I love the gratitude. I think that's huge. And I love tying it to an event. Um, so that, that's wonderful. So how do you structure like your work day? Like, do you add any little like reminders during your day? Are you really busy where it's like, okay, this day just flew by. Do you add in some of the breathing? What does it look like once your work day I have a lot of variation in my work day just depending on – so I'm also a horse chiropractor. So some days I'm I'm out at the barn with horses. Some days I'm with human patients. So I'm I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place with my work day at this point. Um, I think the biggest thing, and I say this to all my patients, is taking a moment – taking a deep breath in, rolling your shoulders up and back and down and letting the breath out. I, and I do practice that throughout the day. Um, I do have break, you know, I have breaks. I, I, we're kind of, I'm a little casual throughout the day. I'm, I, I, I'm very mindful. I'm go, 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 go. I'm go, 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 go. But I think I've just, I'm, I drink a lot of water. I drink a ton of water. I breathe. I, I need. I do take moments to myself. Yes, and it's so important because I'm hands on with patients. You, you know, when you touch someone, you're you can absorb their energy. Yes. So not only is it a mental job, it's a physical job. So it's 
I, I'm always taking a moment and taking a little break. And I've got my dog comes to the office. I'm petting my dog. You know, there is literally... Therapy. Yes. It's nervous system mm-hmm. regulation. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's the thing that a lot of us forget in our like busy schedule. If we can just pay attention to our breath, it it is so powerful in our nervous system and just maintaining that balance. So I always tell people, like, if you were on a conference call, You know, use that as a time to just like be aware of that deep diaphragmatic breathing and it can calm down the cortisol response. And so I think I love that. Just even being aware of your breath. I also love, um, putting one hand on my heart and one hand on my belly. Yes. I feeling myself, feeling my breath, grounding myself, just tuning in. I think that is something so powerful that people can do as well. And if, if you couple it, if you have it, stack it with breathing, I mean, you've like won the whole day, oh, right? now. And it's something you can do, you know, if you have two minutes, you do it for two minutes. If you have one minute, 30 seconds, like I love these things. And I like started having that mindset shift when I realized, okay, I'm stuck in traffic. Use this as an opportunity to breathe, right? Exactly. Um, I was just sharing on my Instagram story last night. I just like found it so comical. I'm driving home after a long day of work. We went to dinner, bringing our two kids to dinner is like, always. uh, Yes, it is. (laughs) So they're wild. They're trying to run the whole restaurant. We're trying to contain them. We're like, maybe we should wait till it's warm to go back to dinner so we can be outside on a patio um, where they can run. But we're driving back and they don't want to be in their car seat. So they're both like screaming bloody murder. And I'm like, okay, I need to pay attention to my breath and keep myself calm. But this car in front of me's license plate just said, have fun. Like that's all the (laughs) license plate said. I'm like, they literally paid to have a license plate that says have fun. I want that. I do too. And I I hope the person that has that license plate listens to any of these um, because it just like totally reshifted my focus as I was paying attention to my breath. Like this is a fun time. It may look different, but this is a fun time. And like changing that perspective instead of being like irritated that they're screaming. I was like, they're not always going to be back there screaming forever. And so I just think in all areas of life and it looks different, but this like positive reframing I think it's one of the most impactful things we can do for our health, right? Like something bad happens to us, that positive reframing or, you know, I've gained weight. good and bad. There is. always good. And I think we forget that. And even if we, you you know, I don't, I don't, I'm sure you've heard this. They say that the goal in life is not to be happy. We can't be, we're not going to be happy at all times. That is not, it's impossible. It's physically, mentally, emotionally impossible to always be happy, right? But t- when we experience the lows, we can feel the highs yes. more. And we can we can understand those better and we can live a more full and rich life. And, you know, lows are always going to happen. There's always going to be stress. There's always going to be chaos. There's always going to be life. Life is always going to life. But how, how do we respond to that life? How do we show up and how does it affect our nervous system and our physical health, right? I was wondering, so with your kids, do you ever notice like if, if you do, if you're like, okay, just breathe, relax, be calm. Do you ever feel like that shifts their energy? I really wish I could say it does. Um, I really I wish kids, I could. So this is a legitimate question, right? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a lot of kids it does work for. And if I can catch, here's the thing. If I can catch my older one before she's lost it, I can get her to center in with her breath. And like I breathe and I calm down. But when they're just not having it, 
they're not having it. And I realized, and I've like read a lot of articles about children. And, and so it's funny. One of them was like, you know, when they're having a fit, just like put a pillow under their head so they don't hurt their head and just let them have a fit. Like that's an emotion they need to get out. And so I kept trying, like when Emery was, she's only three, but when she was even a little younger, I'd be seeing her having a fit and I'm like, let's take our breath together. Let's slow it down. And it did not work. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put a pillow under here. You let that emotion out. And when you're ready, mommy's here. I kind of want that as an adult. I know. If someone would just come put a pillow under. <laughs> my head and say, Hey, Dr. Sarah, you're being crazy. You need to just relax or, or just let that emotion out, <laughs> just scream and kick and just get that emotion out. Maybe that's what we should start doing. Like we should flip our chill room into like the emotional release room. Well, I kind of love that. Ooh, maybe that's our next business. <laughs> They're going to be soundproof mm-hmm. rooms where you just like book time to well, go they have and those. scream. They, the break rooms, like oh. right, where you just break things. They do? Yeah. I think that's like a franchise. We're a little behind the curve. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a good idea, but that is a really good thought because you learn a lot by watching children and how they can regulate, like that, letting that emotion out to regulate and calm down versus I think some of us, like we never respond to that emotion, right? And we just repress, repress, repress. Our blood pressure goes up. Our heart rate goes up. Our cortisol goes up, right? Nothing like a good cry. Yeah. Nothing like a good cry, right? Let it out. I say, I always say better out than in. Let it out. I had a patient and I just like adore this patient. She's been my patient forever and ever. Obviously I won't say names because of HIPAA, but uh, she was telling me, she was like, you know, I just, I'm in a period of sadness. There's, you know, some grieving that's happening. And she was like, I could tell I was getting there. And I just said this weekend, I'm just going to let it happen. She was like, I just spent some time. I cried. I read books. I cried and I felt much better by Monday. And I was like, I love that. You it's recognize like the emotion. the space where you are. You worked. Yes. Yes. And I think there, there's so much beauty in that. Like we don't need to be up all the time. We don't need to be happy all the time. We need to lean in and feel those emotions. And I really think when we don't process, you know, thinking about my toddler and part of the reason this kind of goes back to it, but they have to behave all day long, right? When they're in school, mm-hmm. like they don't get to like throw tantrums. Like they're in a classroom having to behave and it's hard to behave all day long when you're three years old. So you want to let it out, right? Exactly. And it's like us as adults, it's like we can't be happy all the time and not have issues and not process them. So I've learned so much from working with animals. And I compare animals to – I compare babies to animals a lot of the time and kids to animals because their frontal lobe, their nervous system is – isn't is developed and they're just so pure and open within their nervous system. It's this blank canvas that responds very, very, very rapidly. And as an animal chiropractor, I, I see it all the time. We see all these miracle cases, one adjustment and you know, they're, they're completely fixed. There's no placebo effect. They're, they don't have to, they're not questioning, okay, I don't know. I heard this story about the chiropractor. I don't know if I believe in the chiropractor, but I'm going to give it a try. There's none of that. The, the, the animal comes to the chiropractor and then they either get results or they don't get results. And I also, I try to regulate animals a lot of time. I work with horses. I work with dogs. Um, I try to regulate them with my breath because they are very sensitive to that. And I've been a horseback rider over 30 years and, you know, so funny people would be like, I rode a horse once and it rode me into a tree. And they always tell me this like horror story or they had the best experience (laughs) and they love horses. But I'm like, yeah, no matter what though, you have to, you have to breathe. You have to like, you have to just pretend, even if you're fearful, you have to pretend you're not fearful with them because they sense that and they take advantage of it to some extent, or they just feed off that energy. So it is, it is a great experience working with animals as well, because you, 
they don't speak. They don't speak. Everyone's like, oh, you're lucky you work with animals. They don't talk. And I'm like, but they do talk because they bite or kick or they act out. Like yes. they, they, they've got to get the, they've got to get the behavior out yes. somehow. <laughs> I think we all, everybody that has a heart does, yes. right? Yes. I think that's such a true thing. And I want to hear, cause you mentioned your course earlier. Tell us a little bit about this first course you're launching. Yeah. So I'm super excited about this. I've probably for about five years, I've always wanted to step into the online space and the online community. And I love being a chiropractor. I love my practice and the brick and mortar, but you can only do so much hands-on within one building in one space. You can only serve so many people. So for years, I was like, well, what am I an expert in? What am I an expert in? I wasn't really sure. I was, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a life coach. I'm a chiropractor. I work with, I'm an animal chiropractor. I like functional medicine. It's like, I like everything. So my course is called From Burnout to Bliss, and I realized going through my own life and challenges and being a doctor and an entrepreneur that I got really burnt out, and I was really stressed out, and I didn't even really realize how stressed out I was until you know I had a life episode, and I basically brought myself back from a state of burnout that... Um, I'd fallen into, despite knowing all the things. And as you know, it's like, we know all, we know all the things, quote, end quote. Um, but sometimes it's still hard to stay on top of it and keep the dials in balance and, and do all the things that we know to do. So I'm launching a course in, in February and I kind of, at this point, I'm like, this is like my life's work. It's how I finally found a way to combine all of my passions and everything that yes. I've, I've studied and learned and that I love to speak about and teach about. And there's six modules. Um, one is gaining clarity. There's one on biohacking your biology, creating a morning routine, sex, play, and fun, mm. which is really important to me, having fun and uh, nutrition and somatic healing. So those are the six modules. Those are not in the right order, but I just started recording the videos and it's it's literally a culmination of all of my passions. So can you get the course whenever or are you going to run it in cohorts? It's going to be a group co cohort starting okay. February 1st and it's open for females. I want to specifically work with women and I love working with entrepreneurs, but you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be a part of that. But it's 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 literally everything I talk to all day, every day with all of my clients and all of my patients and friends and, you know, yes. it's, it's all my passions together in a uh, 12-week course. And I'll put the link in the show notes, but is it, do you have a separate website for the course? I do. Yeah. So it's, it's Dr. Sarah Druckman okay. is my website and um, my practice is, you know, a different, different entity. But, Which I'll also link there yeah. too, in case you guys are interested in connecting. And if we could kind of wrapping up what you've worked with a lot of clients over the years and patients, mm -hmm. mind body is your passion. It's your space. I'm super excited about this course for you. Just leaving our listeners. Is there like, if we were to just narrow down what you have found are like the three most important things and they don't have to be fancy, but like what you found is like three tips for that, like mind body connection. What would you leave our listeners with? Well, it's funny that you brought up values earlier because I think that is so, so, so important is determining your values and who you want to show up as in the world and getting very clear on that and letting that guide you when you make decisions throughout the day. So I'd say number one, mind-body connection is understanding who you want to be and showing up as that version of yourself. Two... 
breath, mm-hmm. breath, any kind of breath. And it, it doesn't have to be, I love box breathing. Mm-hmm. I think that's so accessible and easy to perform. Do you do like four, 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 or four, do you four, do four, anything? Four. Okay. Yep. So breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold it for four seconds. So easy. And I would say grounding, mm. grounding in sunlight. Yes. Yes. Those grounding can be in paired. Sunlight. That is yes. paired. In the morning, go outside, take off your shoes, connect with the earth and look at the sun. I think that is wonderful advice. And it's, those are all free. Yes. They're all free. They're free and easy. Free and easy. So every single listener, I hope you guys start doing those three things and send us an email. Like let us know if you do, maybe grounding is new or the box breathing is something you haven't done, or maybe you've never thought about your values and your purpose as human beings. I think that is a great uh, kind of three steps to lead you guys with. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stat Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.